Give us some men who know the truth. And who will declare the truth. And who will stand with Athanasius and Polycarp and Calvin and Luther and Whitfield and Edwards. And who will declare from the housetops that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. I'm serious. Hello, children. We're back. Hey there. <laughs> today, I'm in a good mood today because, okay, you know what? I'm spoiling this because I think I'm going to make this the title. We are going to talk about after school Satan clubs today. Come on now. If that doesn't put you in a good mood, I don't know what is. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Come on. Who's not happy with after school Satan clubs? Right. I mean, come on. Doesn't that just sound like joyful cheerfulness? Yes. You can sacrifice a live goat or something, you know, oh, every no. day after school. Oh, well. Isn't that what you did after school? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I would chase the cats around. <laughs> Hats for bats. Keep bats warm. <laughs> all right. In all seriousness, though, that well, in all seriousness, that is what we were going to talk about. So you have been warned. But before we get there, reminder that we're here to tell you that um, the darkness always tries to shine. And if you can work that out, you're doing better than I am. So... 
let's have fun. Before we uh, before we dive into the reality of the after-school Satan clubs and other Satanist activities, that's not the only Satanist activity we have today. See, it's a it's oh, a, so do you yes, have to do it's this? a Satanist double feature. Oh my! <laughs> Isn't that fun or frightening all at the same time? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, those are yeah. I just want to double check. Yeah, those are two different stories up there. So before we get there, though, let's get our foundation. Which this won't take long because this was one of those obvious things. Like, uh, I feel like I'm that dude from South Park. Like, don't do drugs. Drugs are bad. Like, don't worship Satan, kids. Satan's bad. Like, you know, good talk. Let's go home now. <laughs> you think that would be one of those things that just is like a very fundamental thing? Don't worship Satan. It's bad. You but, would think that. But some that, people, they, you know what? They gotta I mean, be told. Some people, some people have to lick the nine volt battery in order to find out what happens. <laughs> and I think the after school Satan clubs are the nine volt battery of life. You know you're not supposed to. You know it's wrong. But you know you, you one nitwit in your class is going to touch it to his tongue. You just you know that's how this is going to go down. Yeah, all right. I was the nitwit. Second Corinthians chapter eleven verse twelve. Because we're okay. We're not going to go crazy. We've done Corinthians so many times. We're not going to go crazy. It's one of Paul's letters to a a very broken church. Kids, read Corinthians more often because the Corinthian culture is a train wreck, and that might be an insult to train wrecks everywhere. That's probably good news for you, though, because it's not like your culture is doing a whole lot better. So maybe reading and seeing what Paul had to say to their broken culture will give you some tidbits on what to do with your broken culture. Right. So case in point, verse 12 here in chapter 11 of the second book to the Corinthians. What I am doing, I will continue to do. So that I may cut off opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we are in the matter about which they are boasting. So Paul is in the midst of defending his position as an apostle. Remember, kids, you don't just get to wake up one morning, regardless of what the Internet or any one of those non-denominational air quotes Baptist churches tell you, and just decide, hey, I'm an apostle. That's not how this works. My favorite was I was watching one of those. I'm, I'm a glutton for punishment. Uh-oh. So I will watch those bad TV preaching shows every once in a while just to torture myself, like, so I can get my blood pressure up, apparently. Because, you know, my, my resting heart rate is normally quite low. It's like low 60s, upper 50s. Mm-hmm. So I think every once in a while I need to do that on purpose so I don't die. <laughs> Make sure the old ticker actually fires up here and there. <laughs> we do have an apostle in town here. See? See, that's what I was going to say. And His that's, name's Jonathan Bird. This, guy was gonna, this guy's argument for being an apostle was that he's a sent one. Okay. And that's all the word actually means. And I'm like, I was just doing like the blank dad look at my screen going, that's that's not why you chose that name. Stop lying to me. You know that's not why you chose that name. I know that's not why you chose that name. Your church knows that's not why you chose your name. Stop it. Just just stop it. No. You don't just be like, oh, the church sent me out. I'm an apostle now. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. The apostles were a specific set of dudes. Okay? Yeah. Notice the starting qualifier there. Specific set of dudes there are no apostolettes okay although that does sound like a band from motown doesn't it like three the women apostolettes in, yeah three three ladies in an evening in evening gowns and those gloves and those beehive updos oh, getting the picture yeah, yeah. you know motown, snapping yep. and singing you know doesn't that sound that, if, if somebody told you it's the apostolettes and it was 1954 you, you, would you be shocked no. See, see this works yeah it works this works i, I got the full picture too so, so if you want to start your own christian band you can take apostolettes. I won't trademark it, okay? And I won't even fight you for it. <laughs> so, That's fine. quick historical rundown. There were 12 apostles. 
I will not sing the song, although there is a song. Mm. It's the only way my wife knows the names of the 12 apostles is she has to sit there and sing the song in order so she can remember all the names. Nice. So there were 12. One of them was Judas. Um, he's out of the group now. Like, he got demoted from the club for right. for good reasons. Right, so, right. So he kills himself after handing over Jesus. The apostles, the other 11, jump the gun by appointing their replacement, which they shouldn't have done because their replacement was already chosen by God. His name was Paul. Well, it was Saul at the time, but he goes by Paul later on. It's very confusing with the Hebrew names and the Roman names, but just, just go with me here. So Paul was an appointed by Jesus, which, interesting enough, Paul actually meets the criteria. So if you go back to the beginning of Acts, the apostles, when they're trying to replace Judas, they have criteria. Someone who's been with us from the beginning, knows the teaching, blah, blah, blah. That would have been Paul. As the religious leaders were going out to John to examine what he was saying, to mm. question him, as Jesus was coming in and out of Jerusalem throughout his ministry, having confrontations with the religious leaders and the Pharisees, Paul would have been around a lot of this from the very beginning. He would have known who Jesus was from pretty much the moment he entered the temple in, what, John 2 and cleaned the place out the first time? Right. Paul would have known him and known about the ministry from the very beginning. So Paul would have met that. Paul's trained by Jesus. He's called by Jesus, appointed, given the vision, the whole nine yards. So Paul's a true apostle. He's one of the 12. <clears throat> He's got to make this argument with the Corinthian church because the Corinthian church isn't that impressed with Paul because there are better speakers, as with everything in life. There were better organizers and planners than Peter. Like if you were going to start a church, you wouldn't have started with Peter. Hmm. He's brash. He doesn't think things through. He's one of those dudes. Peter is the poster child for ready, fire, aim. He was a fisherman. I know, but yeah. the, most of them were. Yeah. But I mean, but Peter's the poster child for that. I will do it first, and I will think about it later, and be yep. like, "Oh, what could possibly go wrong?" <laughs> That's part of the reason why Peter's chosen, though. Who gets the credit? Who gets the glory? God does. Peter shouldn't have succeeded. This shouldn't have worked, and yet it does. Why? Because God works. So. Paul is discounting the other air quotes apostles, and I'm using the air quotes for that because they're not actual apostles, because Paul is a true apostle. Now, here's the other part. Paul doesn't want to boast in this, and you can go in and read all about that in the rest of this letter, and he goes through all of that. Here's where this becomes important, though. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. Mm-hmm. Again, how do you know who the apostles of Jesus are? Well, Jesus calls them. That's, that's the end conversation. If Jesus doesn't appear to you and kick you off your horse and blind you for three days, you're not an apostle. End of story. <laughs> I mean, you're either one of the 11 dudes following around Judea in, you know, Israel for three years, or you got booted off your horse on the way to Damascus, and now you're an apostle. <laughs> if you aren't one of the actual apostles, but you're using the term and you're claiming the name, then you are by definition a false apostle now if you are claiming to be an apostle and you're not an apostle and i know you're not an apostle and you know you're not an apostle then what what's a big fancy theological word we could use to call you heretic i I like that word but i like liar too (laughs) i know you're not an apostle you know you're not an apostle we know you're not an apostle and yet you're claiming to be an apostle so the dude up in town goes i'm apostle so-and-so are you peter reincarnated because first of all that's not a thing second of all no you're not therefore (laughs) <laughs> liar, liar. <laughs> you turn into you turn into Billy Crystal's wife from the Princess Bride. Liar, liar. That's not. Yeah, I can see her. You can, isn't it? I can. Who was that? That was, that was a great movie. Was that, was that Gilda Radner? I'd have was to look that, it up. I don't, I don't even, remember. I, I just remember the scene. Yes. Yeah, so, oh, she's she's great in that movie. She's, that whole movie is great. Go watch The Princess Bride's Kid. It'll do you good. I mean, Love that's that a great show. movie. Great movie. I only don't battle. <laughs> so. <clears throat> False apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. Now stop for a second. What, pray tell, 
in 57, 58 AD. You know, high point of Christian influence and power, right? No. No. Jews are persecuting you. Greeks are looking at you sideways. The Romans, depending on their mood that day, depends on how much they tolerate. You know, we might let the crowd beat you to death. We might rescue you. We might try you. We might cut your head off. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Depends on how which side of the bed I woke up on that morning. So this is, there's no real temporal, earthly benefit to claiming to be an apostle. So, ask yourself now, what is the benefit of claiming to be an apostle then? Well, there's the notoriety, the authority, um, perhaps even the monetary. But there's not that much of it going around. I mean, Paul's struggling here, tither, and yon. He, he's got to keep sending people back to Philippi to hit up the rich widow ladies for money. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> no, and I know it. You're right. He does. You're right. And I don't begrudge the man that in the least. I mean, he's, he's traveling around. He's doing the ministry. He's like, you know what, gentlemen? We are broke. Um, there are some sweet ladies that love Jesus and have money. Timothy, go find those. Like, <laughs> go get them and see if they'll mail us some money or something, please. Pretty please? I mean, I don't begrudge the man in the least. Somebody's got to pay for stuff. Mm-hmm. That's why if you go through, it's one of the spiritual gifts. Um, okay, so it's Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4. It's two 12s and two 4s. Okay. Right. One of those lists, go dig through them, read them all, they will do you good. One of those gifts, giving, is actually on the list. Giving is a spiritual gift. You have been blessed of God. You have more money than you need. We have less money than we need. <laughs> To, to do the ministry. Right. Let's us work together. I'll do the work. You spend the money or you give the money. How about this? You give the money. We'll spend the money and everybody will be happy. <laughs> but I like how you think, yeah. yeah that, but that's that's a necessity. It's an honest to goodness necessity. That's why I always joke with people like, what do you think the tithe of the New Testament is? I like Paul's answer. How much should we give, Paul? How much do you have? How much you got? Yeah. <laughs> how much you got and how much you need? And I mean like need. <laughs> Well, he was he was moving and shaking, man. I mean, he wasn't just sitting back in the house. Oh no, no, no! I don't. I'm not. Yeah. I, this is not me picking on Paul at all. I, oh, get, I get it. it. I, get, I it. get it completely. But Paul's answer was seriously. Well, how much money you got, and how much money can you part with? Because you know we'll spend all of it for Jesus. Right. <laughs> I, I, but I can also imagine, you know, in, in in the instance of these false apostles, that the prosperity gospel was is not it's nothing new under the sun agreed so i think perhaps agreed. it might well might have been something to do with it but i think more when you take a, a title like apostle that's kind of like you're looking for authority yes now why would you want authority in a church there's a lot of reasons but they could take advantage of women they could all kinds of stuff and i think i think a really good reason is the very next verse mm-hmm. no wonder for even satan disguises himself as an angel of light mm-hmm don't miss the don't miss the corollary that Paul is drawing here. These false apostles are basically emissaries of Satan. There it is. They're disguising themselves as the, as the truth so that you will believe their error. That's their primary thing. Now, mm-hmm. are there fringe benefits this side of Eden to being the false deceitful teacher? Sure. Can be, especially if you're really good at it. Yeah. Especially if you're really good at it. Therefore, it is not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves of serve, as servants of righteousness whose end will be according to their deeds. I always love that standard in Scripture. Always remember this, Christian. The standard of judgment is how your works were accomplished. Hmm. Now, that was a technical sentence. How your works were accomplished. All right, break it down. Christian, 
your works by definition as you are in Christ are accomplished by the power of Christ through the will of God unto the glory of his kingdom. Okay? Okay. Which means that as you are seeking to follow Christ, your works are good. As you are repenting and putting your faith in Jesus on a daily basis, your works are good. Even when you fall short, your works are pleasing in the sight of the Father because your repentance is a good work in the sight of the work of Christ. Therefore, you like this standard. You want this standard of judgment because you get there and go, ooh, 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 I don't have any works. All my works are in Jesus. (laughs) Everything that I have done, I have surrendered unto Christ. Count his work. And God looks upon the work of Christ and says, of course, like the refrain of creation, it is good. Mm -hmm. Now, if you are not in Jesus, you are trying to present something of your own hands, something of your own brokenness. And all of your righteous deeds will be as filthy Filthy rags. rags. Yeah. And I'll let you go dig into the history of what that Hebrew actually means because... Yucky. That's a technical term right there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So... This is a good standard for us, and this is a good standard for the false teacher as well. This is, again, Christian, one of those comfort verses that you can look out at the false teacher and go, oh, keep doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I don't have to fight you. Jesus is going to get you. I mean, I, this is not going to work out for you. Keep fighting against God and see what happens to you. Let me know how that works out for you. <clears throat> you're going through Psalm 2. <laughs> yeah, that's basically the warning yeah, of Psalm 2. Psalm 1 yeah, and Psalm keep, 2. Keep yeah. playing. Keep playing and see what goes on. He sits in the heavens and laughs. Yeah, that's that's like when it's like when that grandma looks at the kid and goes, "Do that one more time." Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Go to self. Right. Do not do that one more yeah. time. <laughs> that yeah. that was not permission. <laughs> that was not a suggestion. <laughs> that was a warning. <laughs> do not misplace it. <laughs> right. I don't want to die. <laughs> so, what are we talking about? Well, we have two great, great stories as soon as my tablet wants to wake up. So, shall we do the really bad one first, and then we'll do the lighthearted one, slightly lighthearted one second. Where's that at? Uh, it's, it's on the, the line is the demarcation. Okay, I got it. So the the second the second one, I think, is the lighter of the two, so oh. we'll, we'll save that, because I don't think we want to end on the heaviness. Perfect. Sound good? Yeah. All right, you ready for this one, kids? This is, this is going to be spectacular. Yeah. The Satanic Temple, first of all... <laughs> I, I'm never getting over the fact that there's a satanic temple. Well, I'm never going to get over the fact that Anton LaVey was sitting around one day. Like, how can I shake my fist at God even harder? I know. I'll start the Church of Satan. Like, because that's a good idea. And then I'm going to tell people that it's the Church of Satan, but we don't actually worship Satan. Right. We don't really worship anything. We're really atheists, but we're still going to use your language. Seriously? Right. Why not just be the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster? Why not just... That sounds a little cooler. <laughs> why not just be like the French Revolution and be a be a temple to reason? Because they're wicked. They're evil. Oh, I know that. Um, these... They don't think that, though. That's, that's why I said this is the best part. They don't think that. They think that... Oh, that makes perfect sense. Mm. We're going to use something that's insulting to you, even though we don't mean to be insulting to you because we really don't care about you, and we really don't care about God. We're just going to use the name of what is culturally understood as the great enemy of God, even though it doesn't mean we're enemies of God. Like There is no God, and we hate, we hate him. hate him, yeah. Yeah. 
It's, I mean, this is like the height of doublespeak. I love it. I, I personally love it. Mm. And we're gonna, we don't worship Satan, but we just use his name and all of his imagery and the hypocrisy of it all. And then we're gonna model ourselves after a church that we think is ridiculous, but we're still gonna use the rites and rituals and vestments. And it's just—it's not even hypocritical. It's either the greatest troll in human history, or it's just the. The complete and utter blindness of a sinful culture left to its own devices. Yeah, I that, that they can't see the forest for the trees. So, yeah. wicked people. I know that was a lot to get out of Satanic Temple, but you know what? It's it's a gift. <laughs> <laughs> the Satanic Temple isn't just promoting the killing of unborn babies and abortions anymore. See, that was not enough. It wasn't enough to encourage you and like I don't know. I remember like back in the day when churches used to give out like little bookmarks and stuff to kids when they memorize their Bible verses. You know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> like if you can't, like if you bring your Bible to Bible study, you get like a lollipop, and if you memorize your Bible verse, you get a little bookmark, and they give you a little gold star, and then at the end of the Sunday school year, you get like a okay. pizza party or an ice cream or something like that. Okay. Does the Satanic Temple do that with abortions? <laughs> we could, we got to get a phone call, you know, get a number, and just like, I'm like cute. call them and say, like, hey. is there, is there a rewards card or something? Like, how do you, how do you promote the killing of unborn children? I probably shouldn't be asking this question, but thoughts that keep me out of the really good schools. You know, do you yeah, have, how do you even get away with even suggesting such a thing? Billboards, so crazy. Like, is it isn't that the equivalent of like when you look? If have you ever done this, I've done this one time. Yeah, that went up to a woman who we thought was pregnant, and we asked, and she wasn't pregnant. Oh gosh. Yeah, <laughs> it's like run. I was in a grocery store. It's like run. My wife was with me. It's probably the only reason I'm still alive today. <laughs> but, like, can you imagine going up to your mother? Uh, to, not to your mother. Can you imagine going up to a woman who is pregnant and looking forward to being mother? Be like, hey, you thought about killing that thing? Like, depending on how far along in pregnancy is and how, you know, swollen and how much pressure is on her sciatic nerve, she might just beat you to death with her own shoes right there. You, you would become the sacrifice. Yes! Right? Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> like, hey, guys, we don't need to go. We got, <laughs> we got Dave here. <laughs> I got a sheep right here. I mean, how do you, these, are, these are the things I want to be. You're promoting this. Okay. So it's no longer doing that. It is now actually killing them through a new, air quotes, religious abortion practice in New Mexico. I, again, shouldn't but have so many questions. Not too long ago, I think we talked about this, and there were actually ministries that were paying for from people Texas. from Texas, yeah. to, yes, to get shipped to New Mexico because of the the different laws and whatnot. So, so now, isn't this ironic? Now, Don't now there's there, there, it's coming out that they're actually part of a satanic ritual. So on on Wednesday, the mm. satanic group launched a new religious medical services arm. TST Health to begin doing abortions. The Satanic Temple believes aborting unborn babies is a religious ritual and compares it to communion or baptism for Christians. Oh. We're not blasphemous. We don't hate God. We don't, you know, think you're an apostate church. We just we just like using the imagery and insulting you every chance we get. <clears throat> it's like going up to a bear like during the salmon run and poking it. And trying to steal his fish and then be like, why is the bear trying to eat me? I don't understand what's going on. It's like, this this is the satanic temple. We're going to use all your imagery. We're going to use all your names. We're going to insult you and then look at you and be like, why do you think we hate you so much? <laughs> it's unbelievable. The name of its first telehealth abortion practice. How does it? 
I, I telehealth could... abortion? See, what? see. The, the name of its first telehealth abortion practice doubles as a covert death wish to U.S. Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito, who wrote the decision that overturned Roe v. Wade last year. So, <laughs> wait, this is where it gets so twisted. You ready? This is from their website. In 1950, Samuel Alito's mother did not have options, and look what happened. Uh, <laughs> I mean, oh, dude! Oh, that's bad. Dude! This is the statement of Malcolm Jerry, who was the co-founder of the Satanic Temple. Go team. Prior to 1973, doctors who performed abortions could lose their licenses and go to jail. The clinic's name serves to remind people just how important it is to have the right to control one's body and potential and the potential ramifications of losing that right. <clears throat> Don't you love it? Oh, I'm sick to my stomach just listening to yeah, this. That's the name. The Samuel Alito's Mom's Satanic Abortion Clinic. <laughs> yeah. According to press release from the group, anyone in New Mexico seeking to perform the Satanic Temple's abortion ritual will be able to receive free online medical services. Licensed medical workers will screen patients during the virtual appointment and then prescribe abortion drugs through pharmacies that will mail them in a discreet package, the group said. Women will be charged a pharmacy fee of about $90. They missed it. They're going to be charged a tithe. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> the satanic group also set up a 24-hour abortion hotline. <clears throat> These people are so bad. I'm really genuinely curious. Is there is there really that much need for a 24-hour abortion hotline? Like, did you just wake up at 3 a.m. that day and be like, oh, my goodness, I need an abortion. I need it right now. I didn't know before, but now I know. Like, I know there was a show that used to be on TV called I Didn't Know I Was Pregnant, but it's off the air now because there aren't enough people that didn't know they were pregnant. Like, do you need 24-hour abortion care? Be like, no, 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 I have to have it now at 4.17 in the morning. You can't just wait till 9? Like, was it that pressing of a deal? It's got to be done at the... At this, I, these are the things I think about. Well, I can't... In get, my mind, I think if, if you're thinking about it and you get somebody on the phone, that person is there to maybe help tell you that it's the right thing to do you're you're you know we're gonna ha- we're gonna help you we're gonna do this you know it's your right but outside of the emergency room i can't get 24-hour health care right but you, you get these people that would change their mind if they don't I, do it but, now. I'm talking about, but this but this is but this goes to the values of our society yeah right like if i twist my ankle because i got up to go to the bathroom at 3 a.m and i tripped over the dog you know this could happen and i and i severely sprained my ankle I have one option to get that looked at yeah, the outside of regular business hours. Mm-hmm. There's no telehealth or, you know, emergency clinics that I can go to, but we're going to set up we're going to we're going to set up 24-hour health care for abortion providers. As if it is a super emergency in our societies for women to be able to do this. Yeah. I mean, if I get up and I'm suddenly running a or one of my kids is running a 102 fever and vomiting in the middle of the night. I gotta pack them up and run to the I'll, I'll run to the ER. There's not a quick emergency hotline I can call. This is astounding to me. This is the priorities we have. We are ultimately a culture of death at this point. And I've made the joke for years that we don't do health care in our country. We do sick care. Mm-hmm. 
because we there's a pill for that, right? Right. Go to the doctor, tell them what's wrong with you. There's a pill for that. Sure. There's nothing that we're actually going to do to make you healthy, or we're not going to give you an exercise or a dietary thing. There's nothing like that that would possibly work. There's a there's a pharmacy down the street for that very reason. Pharmacia. Exactly. Yeah. What could go wrong? Yeah. Hey, man. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But but we're gonna set up 24-hour death mills to where you can call at any hour. And we'll get that, you know, we'll get that plan B exported out to you, you know, emergency shipping in a discreet package. Does it have like little happy bunnies on it or something to make it look like something good? I mean, this is, this says something people about thought, our culture. People would think, in the past, people thought, oh, you guys are going too far to say that you guys are sacrificing children to Satan. <laughs> but they actually you know all are. those people? They actually are. Right. And now here we go. This is exactly what they're doing. They're a lot more overt with it. They don't care what it looks like or sounds like. They're going for it, man. And now they've got enough ears and money and people in places that they're coming out of the woodworks, now, man. Let's let's bring this back to why I picked the passages that I picked. Yeah, do tell. Clues <laughs> like I'm curious. <laughs> why does it have to be a temple? Why does it have to be a ritual? Why does it have to be a, a sacrament? It's a religious organization. They are that claims to not be a religious organization. Right. That's that's the best part of this. Well, <clears throat> I would argue, uh, 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 you know, atheists. That is a religion. Oh, I agree. That's why I said the two things. And yeah. their two ra- their their two creeds are mm-hmm. there is no god, mm-hmm. and I hate him. Right. I think it's telling though that there isn't a satanic mosque. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I see and, where you're going. And there's not. There's no satanic jihad, probably because jihad is satanic. But. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Got to play on words here. Yeah, exactly. But you see my point. This is why it's important is because this is not overt disguising. We're no longer at, we're no longer at the phases at culture. And this is a little bit of what we talked about last week. But we're no longer at the phase of a culture where they're trying to disguise themselves as sheep. So there's that great picture of, you know, like the, the wolf wearing a sheep's skin, you know, just sitting there amongst like paying no attention, you know. Or those great cartoons with um with the coyote trying to get the sheep in the Bugs Bunny cartoons and the, yeah, the sheep right dog. Yeah, on the open now. Yeah. The, we're, to the, well, we're to the point now that we're no longer having the coyote put on a sheep outfit to try to pretend and fool the dog. He's now just set up his own field and he's yelling at the sheep for not being in his goat pasture. That's that's where we are. And it's like, look, look, we have all this thing. We're no longer trying to sneak into where you are. We've set up our own shop, and we're just going to mock you for not being a part of our shop. And the reason we can mock you is because, well, you have your rights and rituals. We have our rights and rituals. Ours are just better because they're for human flourishing, and yours are terrible. And just keep in mind that that's become the cultural argument. This is part of what we were talking about last week. I don't know how well we explained it, but there's a reason why Christians die, and we celebrate the ideology of the person who killed them. Which is what's going on for the last week, hasn't it? Yeah. And it's gotten worse. I think the point I was trying to make has been borne out in spades in the, in, since last since we posted that. The reason being is they are now established in such a way that up is down, left is right. You know, woe to them who call evil good and good evil. Is the Christian culture is looked at. Now, what are Christian virtues? We, we, we honor truth. And we honor brotherhood, and we honor sacrifice, and and all of the Christian virtues that are in society—that strong families, and 
being good pillars of your community and things like that. The Beatitudes. Yes, all of those things. When you think good Christian man, you know, whatever that image pops into your brain, realize that the world at large is now looking at that and saying, that's harmful and destructive. Your baptism, a symbol of you dying to self and being raised as a sacrifice unto Christ, is harmful to society. Your communion that celebrates the sacrifice of Christ that cleanses you and strengthens and empowers you to live a holy life unto the kingdom of God for the love of God in the building up of people as you love your neighbor. That's now harmful to society. Your studying of the works of Christ, your studying of the teachings of God are harmful to society. So you now stop and go, okay, society, well, what's good for society? Oh, oh, um, Satan worship, abortion, um, chemical castration of children, um, unbridled sexuality, disease, gluttony of every kind. This is now good for society, we've decided. Mm -hmm. This is a society given over. Yeah. Well, I, I see it as a two, two-pronged attack because they're not only overtly mocking the church, but they're infiltrating the church. Their, their ideas are being posited at—okay, go ahead. I don't think they're infiltrating. That's my point. I don't think they're infiltrating the church anymore. I don't think they have to. I think they're just to the point now where they think they've won, they've infiltrated enough of the church, that they've won enough of the culture, that they're just at the— we can mock you and call you evil even though everybody knows it's a lie phase. Hmm. That's that that's the same. There, but but, but no... you see all of these these congregations, you know, like the yeah. Presbyterians, the Lutherans, the uh, uh um um Methodists. Methodists, there we go. <laughs> I mean, they're all open and affirming. They're all if you look in some of these congregations, they have drag queens in full drag preaching a message. You've got ministers of the gospel um, arguing that the scripture is not the final authority and that mm. what we're reading in the scriptures that you can't trust whether that is what really what Jesus really said. I mean, all of these things. And they're calling themselves ministers of the gospel. Yes. So we've got people who are on the opposite to say, well, we hate you and your God, and this is what we're going to do. And then we got people who say, no, we're Christians too. And they're they're proposing the same things. Because at the end of the day, all they're doing, they're, they're no longer trying to infiltrate, infiltrate the sheep either. They mm. just set up their own system on the other side of the hill on the other direction Mm, okay and that's i think that's where we are now we're stuck Mm -hmm. in the middle where you can look at the angels of light Mm -hmm. that are that are in disguise over there but at the same token they the the other side what this is right here this satanic temple thing Mm -hmm. this is we're going to put on the garb like we're trying to disguise ourselves as angels of light Mm -hmm. but we don't have any need to shine light anymore we don't have to pretend like there's anything of right. value here. Right, they don't have to pretend. And, and that's fascinating. And if you'd like the example of that, let's look at the lighthearted second half. You okay. ready? Okay. You ready? This, is, this is the happy part. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm, ready. I'm ready. After being put on hold for months, an after-school Satan Club held its first meeting Thursday night at B.M. Williams Primary School in Chesapeake, Virginia. What's primary school now? Was that K-3, K-5? I don't know. Because elementary schools run through five because middle school starts at sixth grade now, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Isn't a primary school just like the, the early elementary grades? I don't know. I'd have to. That's frightening. You have to, I, I should have done B.M. Williams Primary School. I am fascinated right now to find out what the age groups for that, that they need an after-school Satan club. 
Like, do you play black? A school set? usually including the first three grades of elementary school. Yeah, so K two or K three. The first three grades. Yeah, K three. I had no nine idea. years old and younger. Oh wow! That, I thought you said this was the happier part of it. This is <laughs> okay. Okay. Hey, at least these kids are alive. <laughs> okay, I'm not happy when I hear this. Yeah, but at least these kids made it out of the womb. You know, There's your happy news. Yeah, okay. So seriously, what what do you do at the after school Satan Club? Do you do, do you like play Black Sabbath, Don't Fear the Reaper on on repeat, and you know, <laughs> do they get their little red robes? And uh, I suppose the neighborhoods are goat anatomy. Are not, <laughs> I, I suppose there's not very many stray animals in like that neighborhood. Like his arts and crafts, how to draw pentagrams, and <laughs> oh, and he, I can't. Man, like, that just blows me away. The ACLU of Virginia called the development a victory for free speech and religious liberty. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to process that. <laughs> the American Civil Liberties Union is like, Hail Satan which we've kinda of known that already, haven't we, for a while? I mean haven't haven't we known that about the ACLU for a while that's oh, kind sure, of sure. Right? Yeah, but this, oh, yeah, the, okay. this is a statement. You ready? Yeah. Under the First Amendment, the government can't treat one religious group less favorably than another, and it can't give potential objectors or hecklers a veto over unpopular speech by charging the speaker a security fee, says Matthew Callahan, senior staff attorney for the ACLU of Virginia. The school district ultimately recognized this and is taking steps to correct these unlawful actions and policies, Is an enormous, and that is an enormous victory for free speech, religious liberty, and democracy. See, the school looked at this and went— yeah, you know, we probably don't want the Satan after school club. So here's what we'll do. We'll charge them a fee so that they won't form because nobody will want to pay the fee because this is a troll and they're not going to pay a fee for this. And the ACLU sued them over it. And then the school was like, okay, we're going to lose in court, which they're going to lose in court because mm-hmm. you can't charge one group, an after school group, a fee and not charge all the after school groups a fee. And there are after school Christian clubs. So, so the school dropped the fee and now there's an after school Satan club. That's what I have. Okay, hold on. I gotta pull this back up. That's just crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh no, it gets better. These, I, are, these are young. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you're. You, this isn't even. Now you understand when I say we're not even trying to disguise anymore. Man, you got my blood pressure up. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, after school Satan Club. I have the website. Okay. I, I set it aside. I forgot. I set it aside. See what happens when I go more than a week and I forget these things. I think I set it aside. Hold on. Maybe I'm clicking on the wrong thing. Excuse me. Um, Wrong button. There we go. Oh, no. Hit the right buttons. Hit the right buttons. TST? Okay, hold on. My tablet. Isn't this exciting, kids? We are just Education with Satan? Is that the one? Yeah. Where he's got his hand up like this? Yes, 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 yes. I got it. Okay, I did send it to you. Okay. I knew I did. I I sent it to you, but I don't have it anymore. (laughs) Oh, no. Hang on. Yeah, because I pulled it up last week. Don't you love it? The Satanistic Temple.com. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, hold on. The Satanistic. I <laughs> can't believe I'm typing this in there. Temple.com. Oh, not dot com com. Yeah. This was. Isn't this great? It looks like a weird Boy Scout thing, doesn't it? It does. Oh, no, I have one too many letters in there. Hold on. I can't spell. I can't spell Satan. You want me to send it to you? No, it'll take me too long to pull that up. The Satanistic Temple. I had to. I had it like Baal with too many, mm-hmm. too many A's in there. Oh, it has abortion clinic fundraiser yes, see, here you link. Go. Yes, okay, 
Okay, yeah, this isn't just, it's not pulling up for me. I give up. My computer's just like, no, I'm not pulling that up for you. What is wrong with you, man? So, yeah, this is part of the problem here. So, when I say we're not even trying to disguise anything, this is where we're at. And this is the messed up portion of the program is that you're talking about. Here you go. Proselytization is not our goal, and we're not interested in converting children to Satanism. After-school Satan clubs will focus on free inquiry and rationalism, the scientific basis for which we know what we know about the world around us. We prefer to give children an appreciation of the natural wonder surrounding them, not a fear of everlasting otherworldly horrors. That's from the after-school Satan club. What's with all of the, the imagery, though? I mean, they're just... Because they're going to be one of the, oh, the joke is on me when they find out for real what they're doing. I, I have a feeling some of them do know what they're doing, but. Yeah, okay, here we go. Yeah, the after school, yeah, the little Boy Scout dude with mm -hmm. his little fingers up, and then he's got the, there's a goat with horns. Baphomet, right? Yeah, and he's got the little scholar's cap on in his little backpack. I mean, this is, there's a black cat reading the handbook, which you can download. And their news, and they have the little school bus, and I mean, this is this is an all-out assault yes. on our society as a whole. They yeah. want to tear apart our families. They want our children to be just bankrupt as far as morally bankrupt. They want to kill children in the womb. This country is under judgment. Now listen to this. Tell me what they're tell me what they're trying to undo here. The after-school Satan Club does not believe in introducing religion into public schools and will only open a club if other religious groups are operating on campus. So we don't believe in religion and we're not a religion, but you need to give us religious freedom. How's that for a double R double-minded argument? Mm -hmm. After-school Satan clubs exist to provide a safe and inclusive alternative to the religious clubs that use threats of eternal damnation to convert school children to their belief system. Unlike our counterparts who publicly measure their success in young children's professions of faith, the After School Satan Club program focuses on science, critical thinking, creative arts, and good works for the community. While engaged in all of these activities, we want clubgoers to have a good time. Eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we tomorrow die. Tomorrow we die. And don't worry, kids, you won't face any judgment. Big mean sky daddy isn't going to throw you into hell because he doesn't exist and hell doesn't exist. And even if he did, we're mad at him anyway, so it doesn't matter. I mean, this is what it looks like to take the vestments, not even trying to disguise yourself anymore. This is darkness out in the open saying, yeah, I mean, it's like Beetlejuice. Saying we want your kids. Yeah. Dead or alive, we want them. Remember remember that line in Beetlejuice? What do you want? We've come for your daughter, Chuck. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what's going on here. Yeah. <clears throat> that's what's going on. I mean, <clears throat> and, and, and like I said, this is the happy part. <clears throat> So, this is no longer the old school, we're going to pretend to be good and try to teach you these good things. We're just going to call your stuff evil. Call what you produce evil and tell you that this is the right way to do it and this is how you should live. I mean, forget judgment. Forget being measured by some other standard. I mean, isn't that the, that's, shall we go on sinning so the grace may abound? Basically, mm -hmm. be, be however you like. So, you know, Jesus died for you. It doesn't matter. They're not even arguing that anymore. They're just going, no, we don't care about Jesus. We don't care. We've, uh, we've, we've killed him in society. We have taken 
excuse me, Nietzsche's idea, God is dead and it doesn't we've matter. We've killed him, right? Yeah, we've killed him. God is dead and we killed him. Mm-hmm. And that's why we can just live however we like and you kids can do what you want. And here, come learn about science because it's not like we sent him to school to learn about science. This is the insanity of your world. Now, keep in mind, while your values are being told, or you're, while you're told your values are evil and while you're told your values are no good, this is what's going to be held up. Now, keep in mind that the same group that is now trying to say that we're going to keep your kids out of that indoctrination system is the same group saying, hey, make sure there aren't any more of these rugrats running around for our for our pagan. It's right at the top. It's abortion clinic fundraiser uh-huh. right on the left. Uh-huh. It's the first link for our pagan sacrament here. I, you hit the nail on the head. We joked for years. The pro-life movement joked for years that this was basically a pagan offering to Molech. And they were like, oh, that's silly. Hey, come over here and offer your kids to Molech, would you? Religious zealots. (laughs) The slippery slope argument is once again undefeated. It's I mean, this is is maddening. Isn't it, though? Aren't you so glad we put it off a week? (laughs) I am so mad. (laughs) I mean... These guys are... They should be ran out of town. Now, what are they going town? for? No, but they're not going to be, though, because the society at large agrees with them. Because what are, what are they trying to accomplish here? We're trying to give you the lie of the garden. We're trying to give you your own wisdom, your own autonomy. We're going to free you from the shackles of anything outside of you and allow you to be captain of your soul. Your idolatry is, is, is celebrated here, and by giving you that, the cost is a little bit, you know negotiable and we'll figure that out as we go through but at the end of the day aren't you gonna be happier that's the argument see that's the lie it is because they call uh people who follow god and walk in his righteousness as you described earlier they they say that that is a form of bondage and you say take you know you want to be released from what was it the shackles yeah that you used the word and and in here they're they're putting aside one master for another yeah We'll and, cast and this off, one is is the one that was a murderer from the start. We'll cast off our fetters from God, mm-hmm. not realizing that we're putting on somebody else's fetters. Mm-hmm. It's we talked about this way way back. I don't remember how long ago. Yes. It's that great line that's that's quasi biblical mm-hmm. because it's a good summation. But it's the great line from the Ten Commandments. It's Easter time. That'll be back on TV again. Watch the Ten Commandments, kids. It'll do you good. Moses. <laughs> But at the end, when they're all they're all while well, Moses is up the mountain and they've all gone libertine and made the calf and they're acting a fool at the bottom of the mountain, Moses comes down all hellfire and brimstone. There is no freedom without the law and chucks the tablets at him. There's some truth to that. Mm-hmm. As I said, it's not a biblical line, but it's a good biblical summation. Mm. He who commits sin is a slave to sin. You want to be set free from sin, but that doesn't mean you're set free to more sin. You're set free to a godly standard that you are now empowered by the Holy Spirit to actually keep and honor in your daily living. So there is no freedom without the law of God. There is no freedom without submission to him because otherwise you've cast off God's fetters. Spoiler alert, you haven't cast off anything, but all you've really done is add on the fetters of your sin and your destruction and impending doom. They're living a delusional existence. They think in their minds that they're going to be set free from God's law, but in the end, what are we... You you mentioned this. You're going to be judged by the works, right? Yes. Now, the high priests of the Satanic Temple, are they unaware of this? I'm sure they're very well aware of this. So why do they keep promoting it? 
because they're murderers. And this is what it goes yeah. along with. Yeah. And this is, again, where we come full circle is they're not having to hide this anymore. They don't have to pretend like they have your best interest in mind. Right. They're just out in the open, overtly, hey, man, we're here to kill your children and to the ones that make it out of these mills who don't get killed by it. And we got a clubs for them. We got clubs for We got a thing. Yeah, we, got, we, got we know it. a guy. We'll get them sooner or later is basically what they're now, saying. here's why I tell you this is actually good news. Christian, light shines beautifully in the darkness. <laughs> yeah. And once again, you know what? I would much rather fight the enemy on the other side of the field than the enemy in my foxhole. Right. And the openness of this iniquity and this evil now is a blessing because, to your point, for years the Christian fight has been where? It's been with the coyote in the sheep costume climbing around with the other sheep. Mm -hmm. We don't know where to look. We don't know who to turn to. We don't know who's on our side. And all of a sudden, oh, look, there's a knife in my back. Where did that come from? (laughs) Give me me a sheepfold Mm -hmm. that is full of sheep and let the goats be on opposite sides of the hills doing their own thing because now I know. Yeah, you know your enemy. Now I know where the enemy is. I can see him. I can strategize and I can prepare myself without having to worry about getting knifed in the back or my kidneys punched. This is a win. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel like it because you look around on that hill and you look around on that hill. I've used this line before. Um, There's a great, great movie. It's, it's a little gory if I remember correctly. I haven't seen it in probably 25, 30 years. Oh, that's depressing to say out loud. Um, this, is, this is great. Um, I think it's a Vietnam movie called Hamburger Hill. Oh, yeah. And it's hours. And yeah. the movie's like two hours long. And it's these guys wave after wave after wave of dudes trying to go up this hill to take the hill, right? Yep. And they're all getting mowed down. And the medics are shot. And the radio men are dying. Everybody dies. And then at the end of the movie, they finally take the hill. And they get to the top of the hill. And they establish it. What do they look at when they see in the valley? Thousands of other hills. Mm-hmm. And you recognize that they just did all of this for one hill. And what are they going to have to do? Do it again. They got to do it again, and they got to do it again, and they got to do it again. That's the world you live in, Christian. And if you look at it from the perspective of, oh my goodness, there is another hill, you will be depressed, and you will be discouraged, and you will be downtrodden. And that is excellent Baptist alliteration right there. <laughs> nice. However, if you look at it and go, we have, by God's grace, ascended this hill. And we have brought it into the kingdom of God. And we will rejoice in the battle that he gives us for the next hill. And we know that no matter what happens to us, that there is coming a day when he who sits in the heavens laughs. And all of these hills will be brought into his glorious kingdom. You know what I'd love to see? I'd love to see families truly get behind the gospel and, and, and disciple their children and make it so rough for these clubs and these schools because there's nobody wants to join their club. And that, But that's the joy in the fight. That's what I'm talking about. That's, that's the joy that's of the fight. Because we look at this and go, oh my goodness, they've opened up another battle line. They've opened up a front. No, who cares? It's another front. That's another place where the gospel will shine, where the Holy Spirit will do his work, where Christ will reign victoriously, and we can rejoice because we are here. Yeah, we and we know, the head of and that we serpent. know who we are, and we know who they are, and we can have see. See, this is good news. Yes, this yes. is good news. Yes, the darkness tries to yeah. shine, but the darkness has no light. Hence, the reason they are darkness. Right. Which means we just rejoice as the light grows brighter and There's brighter. nowhere to hide. Exactly. Nowhere. And that's good news. Yep. They used to be running around going, look, 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 look at my little light, and you'd be like, I don't know. That that those days are gone. Now it's all out in the open. Everything is above. I'm the truth guy, right? When in doubt, give me the truth. Let's work it out. Everything's out in the open. 
I know who the good guys are, I know who the bad guys are, and I know mm-hmm. how to fight them. This yep. is a win. Yep. This is a win. Rejoice, Christian. Yep. So what have we learned here today? <laughs> um, the enemy has not positive goals. <laughs> <laughs> Our world has rejected the light. That's obvious, right? And we must ensure we stand where Christ is. Because as we stand where Christ is, as we just covered, we stand in victory. There it is. So, rest assured, Christian, the victory is assured. Your place is secure. Until we meet again, read your Bible. It'll do you good. Bye. Bye.